the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following is a conversation between Gabriel Mondujano, founder and CEO of Wash Cycle Laundry, and Denver Frederick, host of The Business of Giving, on AM 970 The Answer, WNYM, in New York City. If you look long and hard underneath the dirty pile of laundry, you just might find an innovative and creative social enterprise, one that is good for the environment while also providing the so-called unhirable with a second chance. It's called Wash Cycle Laundry, and it's a pleasure to have with us tonight its founder and CEO, Gabriel Mondahano. Good evening, Gabriel, and welcome to the Business of Giving. Thanks so much. Tell us about Wash Cycle Laundry and how you came up with this idea to begin with. Got it. So uh, Wash Cycle Laundry is a social enterprise, and we're a commercial laundry service. Uh, so we were founded in Philadelphia, and we operate in Philly, uh, Washington, D.C., and Boston, Massachusetts. Um, day by day, we do laundry for businesses of all kinds. Um, we grew up, um, I mean, our first client was a yoga studio. Um, we service what seems like every CrossFit gym in Philadelphia. Um, but we've grown up from there. So we work with a number of universities. We have a federal contract. Um, we um, service um, uh, basically every airline blanket and napkin that flies on 30 airlines out of Boston Logan Airport um, and uh, everywhere in between. So so uh, laundry's everywhere, and um, we, we wash it. <laughs> uh, so that, that's, uh, in some senses, a pretty simple business model. Um, you know, uh, beyond just uh, getting things clean, um, we uh, approach the business um, with a, a triple bottom line mission. So that's, you know, people, planet, and profit. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in terms of our environmental mission, um, we've invested in a lot of technology and cool. practice inside our plant to mm -hmm. save water and energy. Gabriel, did you grow up? doing your own laundry? Uh, I did grow up doing it. So I, I had a favorite shirt in middle school and... Um uh, I had to wear it every day. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wanted to, yeah. and uh, my, my mom wouldn't wash laundry every day, so I learned to wash it myself, uh, uh, in short. Uh, I, I did my third grade science fair project on um, uh, on detergents. I, I tested Tide versus Dynamo 2, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that that you was my, my spark. Uh, Tide won by, by a landslide. Uh, my, my, my godfather was a, a, a detergent chemist at uh, Consumer Reports uh, here in New York, so <laughs> he gave me a, a a, a few tips on how to how to do the test scientifically, but um, yeah. So uh, it's I, in I your yeah. DNA. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, let's begin with how you pick up the laundry, and sure. you use these truck trikes. Um, how do they work? What are they? Um, how much laundry can they hold? Yeah, so we um, have used bikes since day one, um, and uh, we have the. I mean, more recently, we commissioned these truck trikes, which are uh, made by a company out of Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, they are tricycles, um, but the most commercial grade trike you can ever imagine. So they've got an electric motor. They've got lithium ion batteries. Um, they we custom designed this particular truck to um, take take uh, a, um, a, a sort of a tall bark bulk cart. So if you ever seen a movie where like you know they have the the, the chase scene through the hotel kitchen and then the laundry, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, right. you, you see those big plastic bins that are about five feet tall, uh, five, five 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 feet tall. Um, so th th this this um, this this uh, trike has a. Um, 
um, sort of a removable ramp um, mm-hmm. so you can load one of those trikes and then uh, ratchet it down um, and then carry it. So that, that carries about 450 pounds of, of wow. dirty linen. my goodness. Um, and um, we, we, we tested them first in, in, in Worcester. Um, we are going to deploy them in Philly and D.C., and, um, and they've been great. Uh, we also just use standard bikes and trailers. Um, mm-hmm. That's how we started. So um, there's a company, Surly, that makes a, a really sort of uh, uh, high-grade you know, uh, trailer called the, uh, the Billy Trailer, uh, and we've uh, just put laundry carts on top of that. That'll carry about 250 or 300 pounds of laundry. And um, some of our bicyclists, um, you know, uh, you know, prefer that as well. So, I mean, we, 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 we've we've tried a lot of different products. Keep in the you in shape. Yeah. Is bike delivery in a city actually an advantage over a truck? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely for um, especially sort of these small and mid-sized like storefront clients. Um, you know, clients who are you know sending us two, three, four, maybe five or six bins or you know bags of, of mm-hmm. laundry per day. Um, they've got a significant need. I mean, if if you're a gym or you're a salon, I mean, you have a lot of laundry, and I mean, a lot of times these these owners are you know loading those in their back of their car and taking it home to wash. Um, a, a bike can you know service those storefront accounts you know ten times more efficiently than mm. than, than any truck. Um, we get there faster. We get there more cheaply. Um, and uh, and more reliably um, than, than than trucks, uh, it, and so our, our our bike routes and, and city centers are just you know um, whatever financial metric you want to choose are, are just hands down um, you know uh, better better than uh, a truck delivery route. Is bike maintenance a challenge for you? Um, it, it it is. Um, I mean, it, you know, most um, bikes are not really designed to uh, take a. Um, like sort of a commercial duty cycle. Um, So, I mean, I, you know, I I wish that there was a bike out there that, you know, had, uh, I I mean, if you get into a car that's passed a state inspection, you can turn the ignition. And if it turns on, you can be reasonably certain that it's, you know, (laughs) not, you know, gonna, gonna, gonna work for the day. Um, You you don't have anything like that level of reliability in, 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 in most bike uh, manufacturers. So, I mean, we, we do go through, um, you know, uh, bikes, you know, pretty frequently. The Mm -hmm. truck trikes are, are, are much more commercially designed so you know we're optimistic about about that and you know that they can get to a commercial duty cycle but you know m- most bikes are consumer products and, yeah. and um you know and we're not a consumer. not built for this <laughs> yeah, so. 400 pounds of laundry yeah. i bet it's a great marketing opportunity when these bikes are roaming around the streets you know and people look at the side of them yeah uh you probably generated some business from that yeah, so I mean, it's uh, it, it's how a lot of people uh, downtown know us. It's uh, how I mean, word of mouth, and it's like the bike guys. I mean, it, it is a bit of a double edged sword because you know, as we've grown up, um, you know, sometimes uh, you know, the 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 same clients who, um. Will, will use us because of the bike. I mean, sometimes larger clients will assume that that's our only mode of service, and um, uh, you know or that we're just not capable of serving their need. And and so um, you know it it, it, it has uh, worked for us, and then sometimes it works against us too. But mm-hmm. um, you know it, it still makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've picked up the dirty laundry. Yep. Now we got to wash it. And Wash Cycle does laundry in a very environmentally friendly way. Explain how you go about doing that. Yeah, so um, it's a little different in each plant, but um, our, our, our biggest plant in Boston, I mean, we um, invested in a water recycling system, um, which basically means that all of the um, uh, all of the water that comes out of the washing machines um, drains into a holding tank, um, and then that uh, water is, um, like, purified mm-hmm. um, through a, a multi-stage process, um, and... Um, 
and then returned for uh, particularly the rinse cycle. Sorry, the um, the wash cycle. So sort of the the dirtier cycles yeah. of of the uh, process. And then we're using fresh water for the rinse mm-hmm. um, to make sure everything is is completely um, clean by the end. Um, and we get really great results with it. Um, the amazing thing about water recycling is that most of the energy use inside the plant and laundry is for water heating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, we're heating water to 140, 150 degrees to to wash the laundry. And once that lo- that once that water is recycled, it still has retained most of that heat. Um, so even though you call it water recycling, you're also recycling the energy as well. Um, and and so th- th- that's you know just sort of a, a huge uh, commitment of ours, and 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 uh, you know makes a, a big impact on 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 our footprint. Yeah. Well, aside from it being environmentally friendly, it probably. Uh produces some cost savings as well. I mean, is your water cost savings and your uh, energy cost savings down from what a normal wash cycle would be? Oh, yeah. We we, um, we save um, about twenty to 30,000 gallons of water per day um, using this method in the um, in the Boston plant. Mm-hmm. And um, every 7,000 gallons of water in Boston is about $190. Um, so, you know, on a daily basis, we're, we're, you know, avoiding, you know, $600 or $800 worth of expense. Um, and, um, yeah, and that, that, and that, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> adds, adds up. up. Yep. So, Gabriel, if this was one of those homemaker shows and you were giving advice, what tip would you give for someone about how they could go about doing their own laundry more effectively. Uh, so I get a lot of questions about top loaders versus front loaders. Okay, uh, and and, and I you am did say one of your yeah. family members worked for Consumer Reports. <laughs> yeah. so let's hear the, let's uh, hear the report. Uh, yeah, front loaders all the way. Uh, and 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 the reason why is because um, in a top loader, um, in order to get all the clothes wet, you have to fill it to the top. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in a uh, side loader, you just sort of fill it halfway, and then the clothes rotate through the water. And and that's good for two reasons. One, it means you use less water, also because you lose uh, you use less energy to heat that water, but your detergent can be more concentrated because ultimately how clean it gets is a little bit less about how much water there is and how much uh, and much more about the, de- the concentration of the detergent. So when you use front loaders, you're able to um, reduce your water, reduce your energy, and reduce your, your, your chemical use, and, and that's, all, that's all good stuff. You also get a really good mechanical action with the, uh, mm-hmm. the clothes tumbling through. Um, and so um, all in all, you know, front loaders all the way. <laughs> Who knew? Great advice. Well, Wall Cycle Laundry has helped to change people's lives by hiring the historically unhirable. Tell us about this initiative of yours. Yeah, so it, that's been core to our mission since um, since the beginning. Um, so um, we we typically call it second chance hiring or, or um, sometimes mission hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have an explicit mission to um, you know create opportunities for people who have been excluded from the labor market. Um, we uh, track four categories. So um, one is people who have been formerly incarcerated, uh, uh, people who have been formerly homeless, uh, people who are in recovery, or people who have a history of dependence on public benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, there's you know uh, more than one, um, you know, people will check more than one box. Um, but, um, it, you know, I, I started the business, um, you know, with, with that goal. Um, I had come from the nonprofit sector, uh, working in economic development and workforce development, yep. um, and felt that there was really, you know, a, a few links in the chain. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, if there's a lot of programs for job training, and they're great. Uh, and you have a lot of what you call transitional work programs, where people can get their sort of first work experience 
in a um, sort of in a nonprofit work environment, uh, and those are great and have amazing outcomes. Uh, and um, and then I you know I felt that there was this huge gap between that and sort of regular quote unquote normal employment. Yeah, you're right. Um, and um, and that um, you know m- mission hiring and, and second chance hiring you know within a for profit context could help fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Um, so our goal is really to be a supportive employer uh, and a permanent employer uh, for for people. So that you know um, after somebody has graduated from a job training program or has left a transitional work you know placement, they can uh, land in a place where um, you know. Yes, there would be less support than in a in a, a focused nonprofit program, um, but there would be you know significant longevity uh, yeah. so that we could bridge the gap between uh, between those things. Yeah. How do you find these employees? I mean, do you recruit them yourself, or do you work through other organizations who become a, a pipeline and a feeder system for you? Yeah. So we always work with uh, other organizations. Um, we view ourselves as you know one step in the chain, right? So if you can imagine somebody who's um, you know uh, who who has just been um, uh, released from incarceration. You can imagine that on day one, they're going to have a lot of needs. Um, yeah. uh, and um, and those, frankly, are not needs that uh, employers, even mission-oriented employers, are, are equipped to address. So on day one, you know, they might work with a nonprofit organization that focuses on everything from housing to, you know, uh, you know settling custody mm-hmm. issues to uh, mental health. I mean, just any, any range of things. Uh, where we come in is, you know, once somebody is, you know, quote-unquote ready, you know, employment ready, yeah. Um, that that um, you know we can be th- that supportive employer. So we're we're always working with nonprofit partners in each city uh, to source our employees, um, and um, and then um, and then you know uh, working with them after hire to uh, you know support those employees and, and retain them in employment. What's the average starting salary? Um, so in Boston, I think we just raised it to thirteen forty. Wow, that's um, a good starting salary. Yeah, in in um, Philly, we're at eleven seventy. Although mm-hmm. our annual raise is is uh, is due now, so we'll probably take that over twelve soon. <laughs> so, uh, and um, in Boston, uh, sorry, in DC, I think we're at fifteen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and there's really an opportunity for people who come to work at Wall Cycle to move up. Correct. Yeah, so we hire all of our supervisory um, team and and many of our management team through internal hires. Um, so, um, like our general manager in DC, um, well, we actually have two now. Um, they're co-managers, and um, one started out. Um, uh, on sort of the front line and laundry uh, in in Massachusetts, and the other started out um, as a frontline delivery person in DC. Um, so we we look for talent from within. Um, it's a big you know, uh, again, a big commitment of, of ours. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really where um, employers can make a, a big difference. Um, you know, it's one thing to, um, uh, you know, get that first job. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, um, it, you know, getting and, and that's a huge step, right? But yeah. but um, landing a job even at, at thirteen forty an hour is is not um, the end to somebody's economic uh, you know troubles. Like it's 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 the very first step in a long journey, and so we want to make sure that people can t- uh, you know uh, take a, a couple more steps with yeah, us. Yeah, that's great. So, Gabriel, what does a typical day at Wash Cycle Laundry look like? Oh gosh! Uh, so, <laughs> is there ever uh, a yeah. typical day? Uh, so, uh, I've, one one thing about the the the, the sector of, of of laundry that we're in is sort of like the, the the sun never sets on wash cycle laundry. So, I mean, we work seven days a week, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we're never more. I mean, and when I say never, I mean we're never more than six hours away from a deadline. So, you know, at, at one a.m. on Christmas Day, you know, if we don't show up to Logan Airport by five thirty, then a plane is going to take off without its blankets, and and that is a a big deal for our clients. So. Um, 
you know, uh, you know, so so one thing is that you know th- there's always production, there's mm-hmm. always a bit, you know, there's always that 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 time pressure. You know, I mean, laundry comes in, laundry's got to get processed, it's got to go out. Sun so never sets. You know, uh, so so I mean, we, we typically start at the day. Um, you know, we'll our, our delivery staff usually starts first. Um, you know, usually very early in the morning, four or five in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll bring the first loads back for the day. Um, our staff will, depending on the plant, start between six and nine. Um, you know, we sort everything out. We load it up. We um, try to get um, you know our, our finishing equipment going, uh, and then from there, it, it hopefully is a pretty calm. Like you know, a hundred pounds goes into the washer, a hundred pounds goes to the dryer, a hundred pounds goes to the folding machine, and then a hundred pounds gets delivered. Um, but you know, there's always, always, always you know uh, things that happen. You know, I mean, we're, we're working with uh, industrial machinery, and one of the things you learn with industrial machinery is it's not. Um, I mean, it's it's often temperamental. So you know depending on what happens that day, you know, um, uh, you know, your crisis management. management. (laughs) And then, you know, our clients are also the same way. I mean, so, so, I mean, all of our clients are working in tight, you know, turnaround and, you know, timeframes and, um, you know, I, I mean, somebody, you know, we might be servicing a hotel and, you know, that hotel might call us and say, you know, oh gosh, like, you know, normally our check-in time is 3 p.m., but like, you know, I, I just found out that our sales manager promised this big group that they could check in at noon. Mm. And so I've got it, you know, <laughs> like I, I'm out of sheets, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. can you, can you get here Start by, you know, 1130, <laughs> you know, and, and, um, and, and those, you know, of course those, those things happen. So, I mean, just, you know, we, we, we wash all the mops for a convention center, for example, um, and one of their biggest shows of the year is in town. And so, um, you know, they, they've been asking for same day turnarounds, you know, uh, day, you know, day after day, you know, this week. And so, um, you know, that, that throws everything from a loop. Sure. Talk about some of those major clients. Who are who are they? Uh, so we work with um, uh, a number of um, uh, independent and, and some some branded uh, hotel chains. Um, we can you tell us such as. Uh, so we work with um, the Hilton Boston Logan Airport uh, okay. as is the probably the biggest by rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, there's a, a great partner of ours called the Citizen M Hotel, which is a European brand that's yeah. coming to the U.S. and um, they, they've been a phenomenal partner, uh, and some others. Um, we uh, service um, just about uh, every airline that flies out of Boston Logan mm-hmm. um, through uh, a, a partnership we have with a national or- organization. We're a subcontractor there. Um, we service the Veterans Administration. Um, we service um, the Philadelphia Eagles facilities team. Um, we, we'll let that go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, we service the uh, PA Convention Center um, uh, and um, any, any number of other people. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, you elected to incorporate Wash Cycle Laundry as a social enterprise as opposed to a nonprofit organization. What were some of the factors that went into making that choice? Uh, so um, some macro and some personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think personally, you know, when I founded the company, I had uh, worked as a nonprofit executive director and I had worked um, in the leadership team of another nonprofit. Um, I, I love the nonprofit sector. Um, I think at my point in my career at that point, I wasn't ready to jump into another nonprofit. So yeah. I think that was the personal factor. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I, I think from a, a macro perspective, um, you know, I, a, a few reasons. I, I think from a broader impact, you know, what I was trying to accomplish uh, and what I, I want to accomplish with Wash Cycle is to be that, you know, that link in the chain, uh, which is to say that here's a model that um, for-profit employers not only could do but but should do, you know, um, both because uh, they're 
you know, members of society, but but also because it makes business sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a that's a lesson you've got to prove from the for profit sector. I, I don't think you can be a nonprofit, um, you know, uh, pursuing a social mission and and then and then sort of using that as a as a as an effective model for for profit companies. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, a a big reason. I think that raising capital for an operating business like this is is certainly much easier um, in the for profit sector. Um, you know, there there are much more well trodden. Um, uh, uh, pathways for um, for for profits to raise debt and equity than there are yeah. for for nonprofits. And then finally, I think there's convergence between the two. So, um, you know, I, I mean, there's for profits that are social enterprises that access philanthropic capital, and then there's you know for profits that are increasingly able to access you know sort of commercial capital in different ways. Worry. And so, you know, I, I don't think the distinction was so black and white anymore. Yeah. So. Talk a little bit about that business model. I mean, you generate a lot through yeah. your customers and your clients. You have investors, maybe perhaps even some philanthropic capital. What does that mix? Look Look like yeah, so we've got a a pretty diverse set of uh, financial stakeholders. Um, so we've had equity investors who are both um, sort of private angel groups with a social impact mission. Uh, we also have had um, philanthropic groups and and um, you know other other uh, types of funds. Um, so like a really innovative one uh, recently is called the Boston Impact Initiative, mm-hmm. um, and they uh, are are really looking to leverage um, sort of both philanthropic and sort of individual capital um, to make a uh, difference in, in the racial wealth gap in the sort of greater Boston area or in yeah. eastern Massachusetts. Uh, so we, 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 we've, um, we've, we've brought on a lot of uh, different types of, of, uh, of equity. Uh, we found that a number of foundations and philanthropies are more comfortable with debt as an instrument. And so uh, we, we have a number of loans with, uh, with, with, um, with foundations and, and other sort of philanthropic actors. I think that's the right way for philanthropy to engage with um, – with uh, with social enterprises, and that you know, here's a agree. way to support. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we are for profit, so it's not appropriate that we you know really just uh, hold on to the money, <laughs> take the grants. Um, and we're on. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do think that um, I, I think that I, I mean, I wish that more philanthropies were were more comfortable with sort of non debt instruments. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just w- whether it's equity or some sort of a hybrid, um, I think a lot of um, a lot of nonprofits default to debt because that's what they know and and it's sort of easy to understand, but. Um, it's not clear to me that social enterprises should. I mean, I think there's a lot of social enterprises who get loaded up on debt, um, mm-hmm. and and that's not always a good financial move. Um, so um, yeah, so we we have a, a number of different financial stakeholders. Yeah, yeah. How would you describe the corporate culture at Walsh Cycle? What makes it different and distinctive from, let's say, other social enterprises? Yeah, so I think that uh, one of the things that I always tell people when, um, well, so let me answer the question first. Uh, so I, I think that we are. Um, uh, uh, um, first and foremost, I think we're committed to the mission, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that we are uh, committed to the laundry. And and what I mean by that is that uh, I mean w- when you're in a a such a tight turnaround um, uh, uh, environment, then I mean it, you know it it it's uh, it takes a lot of um, effort to sort of be able to focus on this like sort of intangible long-term goal uh, when you've got like a customer in your ear who's saying like you know oh my gosh I need now. Now. Yeah, right <laughs> I need it now. Uh, and, and, and yeah exactly and so um, I think that you know getting that right has uh, uh, is, is is challenging but I think the the, the managers the management team that we've been able to assemble does it really really well um, and um, so you know it's sort of this this part firefighter 
part, um, you know, roll up your sleeves and, and get it done. Um, part, um, you know, uh, you know, just really committed to, you know, the impact we're trying to create. And, and I think disproportionately, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, but disproportionately, I think our management team uh, often has personal background that makes the, the, the mission, um, like, particularly meaningful for, for, for them yeah, um, yeah. And, and helps them keep it um, uh, front and center when, when um, you know, uh, you, you know, the, the, the crisis of the moment might have to do with, you know, fitted sheets or, you know, uh, or, or, or mop heads or, or whatever it might be. Well, you have your first child on the way, so you're going to be doing a heck of a lot more laundry any, <laughs> yeah. any day now come this spring. Well, I, I am the launderer of my household. So. <laughs> I would I would hope so. So what's next for Wash Cycle Laundry in the ways of new service, new cities, expansions, financing? What are you thinking about the next chapter to be? Yeah, so we, we recently, um, you know, filled um, uh, our, our first shift in, in – so we, we built a plant in Boston um, in 2018, mm-hmm. um, and we've filled that mostly to capacity. Um, and so we're excited to sort of, um, you know, t- tie that up. Um, I think that uh, one of the things we learned through the Boston expansion is that, you know, having the right facilities and equipment can sort of be really transformational. Um, and so uh, given that we sort of grew organically in Philly and D.C., we're really looking to invest um, – in our physical plant um, so that we can provide a, a, a better foundation for growth in our other two markets. Um, so um, I, th- I think we have also identified a couple of customers, you know, customer segments that are really yeah. interesting to us. And so, you know, we basically want to match the right facilities with the right customers and the right, pi- right pricing model. And that's all coming together now. And I'm really excited to uh, to see what comes out. And maybe so. even someday in New York City. Who knows, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so New York City is a rough and tumble, yeah. rough and tumble laundry market. I, 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 uh, I, I, I every Everything's more expensive in, in New York than, uh, except for laundry, which is cheaper. And I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But uh, I, I don't know that I'm willing to jump into this right here. <laughs> so. Well, we'll stay tuned. Well, Gabriel Mondahano, the founder and CEO of Wash Cycle Laundry, I want to thank you so much for being here this evening. Tell us about your website and how people can learn more about what you do if they should be interested. Sure. Yeah. So we're um, uh, washcyclelaundry.com. Uh, and um, we've got an about section. Um, there's a few forms for contact. Uh, in particular, um, you know, we're always looking for hiring partners in uh, the markets where we are, um, in, in Philly, uh, Boston, and, and D.C. Uh, and so uh, I believe there's a contact form. And so uh, you know, we're always you know, eager in meeting uh, new people who, who um, can help us you know, source really talented folks. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Gabriel. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Great. Thank you so much. I'll be back with more of The Business of Giving right after this. The Business of Giving can be heard every Sunday evening between 6 and 7 p.m. Eastern on AM 970 The Answer in New York and on iHeartRadio. You can follow us at BizOfGive on Twitter and at Facebook.com slash Business of Giving.